I'll say a word about vocation. My wife sang to you and me from Isaiah, send me. I will go if you lead me. Send me, Lord, to do whatever it is you want. Now, he may want me to be whatever, go collect garbage or teach seminarians or whatever. It doesn't matter what he wants. I just have to do it. All humans have the same vocation. All humans, whatever continent, are called to be in the image and likeness of, of God. That's, that's built in. That comes with the hardware. Whatever a person believes or whatever one's orientation or childhood or culture, every human has that vocation to become like God, to live in the likeness of God and to be built in the image. We know that. That's why we're so gracious to every human. Why? Because we're all the same. We're all human and we're all fallen and we're all crushed. And every human has a unique vocation. So no one is called to do the vocation of another. And the secret in life is to simply do what I was pre-wired to do. Ask the Lord what my vocation is from minute to minute and day to day and then try to do it. And then I'll be happy. And if I don't do that, well, then I don't do that. Because the saints are fond of saying that if I sin, God doesn't get angry. I get hurt. That's why we try to help people not sin. God doesn't get angry, but I'll get hurt. And sin, by orthodox definition, sin is missing the mark. The archer, the bullseye, shoot the arrow and miss the mark. That's sin. You just missed the mark. That's all. Sorry, fellow. You missed the mark. And vocation unfolds. I was a high school guidance counselor for a few years. And one of the things that I was really able to help students with is that choices for college need to be, in our culture, short term. You don't have to make a long, long-term, you don't have to decide now what I'm going to do the rest of my life. Most people have three different careers. Get yourself ready for a first one. <laughs> then what? Then we'll see. Because it really is from step to step to step to step. And from our point of view as a Christian, it's from moment to moment and day to day, and it unfolds. So we don't, we don't make or choose our vocation. We don't choose one of a hundred things. We simply incline the way we're inclined. Now, a number of people have asked me to share a little bit of my story, so I will tell you about my own saga. Uh, I I edit out all the see-me parts. (laughs) You don't need it. Uh, Roman Catholic, my whole family is still, my mother's alive at 101, is still Roman Catholic. I went to a Roman Catholic grade school where I had German nuns, eight grades in four classes, 50 kids in a classroom, and we likened them to Sherman Tanks. And they did whip us with whips on the hands and so on. And then I went to a Roman Catholic high school, the Christian Brothers. And they were pretty tough as well. Then I went to a Roman Catholic college, all boys, all males. I did what college kids did in those days. So I changed majors a couple times and met a girl as a freshman and became pinned. I was in a fraternity. I was vice president of the fraternity. Pinned her, so I was pinned to her for three years. Had a little red convertible in ROTC, so I was a commissioned second lieutenant, and on the fast track, and and a group of eight who traveled together. So every Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Easter, we'd go to somebody's house, all eight of us, and everybody was going to get married. Okay. The beginning of my senior year, I this, this I don't know how to say this, this cloud entered my forehead that had written on it, 
maybe you should become a monk. I said, blow that away. <laughs> the voice kept coming back and back and back and back and back, and I couldn't ignore it. So I said to this young woman who frankly adored me, uh, I said, you know, honey, I just have to tell you I have these thoughts about going to a monastery. Ooh, she got mad. If you have those thoughts about being a monk, don't you talk about them with me because we're getting married, right? Right. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so I knew by Thanksgiving of my senior year that I really wasn't able to get rid of this thought. So I went and checked it out in Philadelphia, spent the weekend. And I came back knowing that I had to enter after graduation and give it a shot. Now, what would happen after that, I didn't know, but I knew God was calling me in, and I had a big problem. And I wasn't praying too much those days. I was some. I was going to church. But she went to an all-girls school, and because I was who I was, if I broke up with her, she would have not gotten anybody her senior year, and she had an awful senior year. I knew I had to stay with her that senior year. So she became queen of the military ball and had a great year with me. All the while, I'm saying to myself, look out. And we couldn't talk about it. So we graduated, had all the graduate ceremonies. Mid-June, she was working at Atlantic City as a waitress. I went down, and we had a meal together, and then we went out, park, we went to the steel pier, and then we went and parked. And I just said to her, I said, you know, honey, I have to say something to you, and I just have to say it as clearly and as straightforwardly as I can. I told you a long time ago I was thinking about being a monk, and I've been really thinking about it, and I'm going to go and try it in October. And it was like I struck her with lightning. She went absolutely crazy. I mean, she just said, you know, there's a triangle here, me, you, and God, and God is taking you from me, and I hate him. So all night she scratched the windshield and screamed and yelled and kicked, and she went crazy. All night, all night, till the sun came up, and she, like, ran out of gas. So then we went and had breakfast. <laughs> I felt... <laughs> and I must admit, I felt really bad because I was starved, <laughs> and she didn't eat anything. <laughs> like... So we parted. And then I went directly from Atlantic City to her home to stay overnight to at least tell her parents, because I knew them really well, what, you know, what was going on in my head so they could deal with her better. Then I went home, and then I called her parish priest, and he said to me, you know, what you did is the right thing. Stay on course, but don't contact her again. All you have to give her is pain. Don't contact her. Let her alone, whatever, whatever. Don't you contact her. I said, okay, Father. 